Hello, and welcome to Help I Need an Adult. I'm here at Foggy Water Studios with my co-host, Megan. Hello. And Mixmaster Chef. And today, we are here with a very special guest, one that me and Matt know very well. Uh, he is just a couple of things that he's doing. Founder and conference manager at the Mid-Atlantic Music Conference that's held annually at Charlotte, North Carolina. We were actually part of that when we used to be in a band. Executive director of the Music Education Group, which is an awesome, awesome group. It's nonprofit, and it teaches students life skills through music, film, and digital media. He's owner-operator of the Caldwell Group, of course. And then, last but not last but not least, works at Whole Team Enterprises. And if you've ever needed any kind of printing needs, brochures, cards, business cards, flyers, whatever, look no further than Whole Team Enterprises. So let's introduce James Caldwell. 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 Hi, what's up, guys? I appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, man. Thank you. It's awesome to have you, you guys, man. It's so good to see you, dude. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So, let's get down to it, man. I'm just going to put it out there. You had cancer, man. What is yeah, it, how's man. it feel, bro? So, you know what? I'm, I'm a good 35, almost 40 days cancer-free, man. Yay. And, yeah, it has been, it's, it's an interesting journey. You know, no one ever expects to be uh, given a cancer diagnosis. You right. know what I mean? You feel great. Uh, and then, you know, you just go for routine physicals. And so, you know, if I can suggest anything to all my uh, guy friends out there that are listening, uh, make sure you stay up on your uh, doctor appointments. Go check out, go get your physicals done on a regular basis. You know, we like to think that we're invincible, but, you know, these things can come upon you really quickly. Right. You know what I mean? And what's great is they're free. The physicals are usually free. yeah, Yeah, it's best that you stay on top of all of your health issues. If you're not healthy, then, you know, you can't play any music. Can I cuss on here, man? Do it. You can't fucking stay healthy, man. You can't make any music. You can't do anything for your family. You know, you can't get out there and affect change. Right. So let's just make sure that you guys, uh, you know, keep up with your regular health care regimens and so forth. So, yeah, that's just what's up, man. But, you know, I'm I'm about 30-plus days cancer-free, bro. I'm ready to get back into the game and, uh, you know, Keep making some changes out here, bro. So do you have anything to say? Like, is there anything you would want to tell somebody who does have it? And they're just like, I mean, it's like you said, it's when, when your doctor tells you that you're just like, excuse me, yeah. you know, like double take, like, wait a minute, you I have the C word. Yeah. So <clears throat> I would suggest just listen to your care team. What, what They're the experts. Um, always seek additional advice. You're going to be given, you know, tons of brochures and all yeah, kinds brochures. of information. Yeah, man. I mean, I was brochure left and right, left and right, left and right. Um, but read up on things. Uh, I have to say that I was really fortunate to have a, a wife who's a nurse, mm-hmm. so I didn't have to read up on any damn thing. She was sitting there riding the diet for you, me, man. And so <laughs> she... Um, Help me. I ain't going to cry. I ain't trying to be no bitch. But she, without <laughs> her, man, um, right there for me and being strong for me, um, that's probably what made things much better because I never saw her worrying. I never saw her stressed. 
even though I know she was like, oh, shit, you know, but she never let me know that she was, you know, as concerned as she was um, until the end, you know, we got the cancer free diagnosis and, you know, she really let me know, you know, it was, it was fucked up. She's like, <laughs> right. I just want you to know I was worried. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. So take care of yourself. It's good to have a good support team. Listen to a whole lot of damn music and, you know, carry on like, you know, you, you know, have a higher purpose and you want to be here. Right. Yeah. You got to have something to drive you through it. Right. Right. Which is like you said, your family. Yes, sir. Bring you through it like thick and thin. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. So. So we used to be in a band. Kind For of real, man? It, Get it, the fuck out. <laughs> bring it back. Let's just, I, I got to talk about it because we used to be in a band and you used to manage us. And I got to say, man, like, we had some weird guys try to manage us back in the day. Um, Matt was telling me about this that one guy. I don't, I don't want to mention any names, but, you know, we met him. Where did we meet him at? Anyways, I completely forgot about him. That's probably why it's a good thing I forgot about him. But then we met you. Yeah. And I, I don't even remember how we met. Do um, you remember? Yes. Fat Cat, um, right? Was it Fat Cats? It was in relationship to Fat Cats because I was booking shows for them during the summers. And um, the uh, gosh, what was the guy's name that ran the band Quench? He mentioned that he had played some shows with you guys and that I should check Chris y'all Love. out. Chris Love. Chris Love. There you go. <laughs> he was and, such an um, awesome guy. He was, yeah, yeah. he was a really cool guy. Um, and so then I checked you guys out. I don't remember how we, when our first meeting was or any of that, man, but I listened to the music and I never worked with a band before. I never personally, now keep in mind, we booked a ton of shows before that. Oh yeah. Fat but Cats I was, was really hot. hands off. It was like, you know, we're doing music festivals. And so if we've got 50 performers, we're just picking the bands and they'll come in and they'll perform. And I rarely even saw all the performers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, so you guys were like the first band that I ever was like, okay, I'm going to sit down with these guys and just kind of see, you know, how far we can go and just see what's up. Right. Right. And, man, it was just an amazing, amazing run. Uh, the music was spectacular. Your live shows were spectacular. Yeah, man. You know, know. but, you know. We went back and I found some old videos from that flip cam we had. And I think you used it at that last show that they had at um, the masquerade, masquerade in hell. hell. And Matt was like, we were really good, you know. And I think they really underestimated themselves a lot during that time. And I think they really underestimated their sound and the pool that they had with yeah. people. They really yeah, did. And, and, you know, not just that, but we had a, a, some other, you know, factors that came into place, like the little the Georgia lottery thing. I think the Georgia lottery thing probably affected us more than anything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because once that happened and we were right there at the doorway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once that uh, whole situation went down, you know, no, no fault for, of anybody. You know, yeah. it just it's just life circumstances. Right. And then from then on, things just weren't necessarily the same, so yeah. to speak. And. Kind of yeah. spiraled but down. But y'all put so much work into it. Man, I mean, I think that was the hardest thing for we me. Did. I, I don't think that uh, folks realize that between uh, 2009 and 2010, we actually did about 95 
paid shows, paid freaking shows. That's a, That's lot, a lot of damn shows. <laughs> yeah, now, dude. not that it was, you know, thousands of dollars per show, but we were paid that much for just in that short period of time, like a year and as a year and a half, man, believe it or not. That was a lot of really cool, cool shows. I remember. From Runaround Sues to Dave's to Fat Cats to we probably played every venue in Charlotte. Yeah, we did. Every venue in Georgia that we could and probably get. And then you played in yeah. Tennessee, uh, a couple shows in Tennessee too, yeah, didn't you? We did. Yeah, we went to Tennessee. And, and in fact, uh, we did a biker rally in I Tennessee remember. in Tennessee with... Um, Blackberry Smoke. Blackberry Smoke. That there was, you go. Right. Yeah, man. And man, you guys killed... Maybe, I don't know if y'all even realize, but y'all killed that show so much that we sold everything... Even the remember the banner that we had. That's made exactly what I was about. There's at a kid. Kennesaw State. Yeah, you remember the kid came up. Yes, and his he, dad you were like, paid just because I wanted to get his dad out of my face. <laughs> I was like, give me fifty bucks, and I was like, there's no way he he gave me fifty bucks for that banner that was in the back that was made for us by Kennesaw State from a show we played the previous week or so. Yeah, I remember at, you were like, I just, I, he will not leave me alone, dude. Right. Do you guys want to sell this thing? But man, we sold out. We had gotten a brand new run of CDs. We sold all of our CDs. We sold all of our shirts. We sold all of our little bracelets. The people at the door made us keychains. Do you guys remember that? I still have my keychain that they made for me. Mm-hmm. And that was that was like the pinnacle. After that weekend, I was so hyped up. I was like, man, this fucking band is got a lot of shit going oh, for yeah. it right now. Yeah. Uh, and I particular, I'm not a rock music guy. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm I'm 54 years old, man. I'm classic old school hip hop. <laughs> you know, I'm first generation hip hop. But I'm a music lover, and man, everything that you guys brought to the table was just spectacular, bro. That's what I loved about you because it was like you were honest with us, and you were like, "Look, man, I don't deal with rock, but there was just something about us with you and you with us that we were just like, this feels like it's the universe is saying, it, you know, it 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 is what the music industry today is about: two things, great songs and spectacular live performances. Yeah, man. And your live performances, if a if a person uh, sees your band for the first time live and hears your music for the first time live, it's a wrap. You got them. Well, that's what I was trying to ask you about before. Do you think younger and younger people rely too much on things streaming yeah. on social media that they're not going out to shows as much. I mean, do you see that hurting the music industry? I, any? I, I think that people don't appreciate that the money that you're going to make, that's going to come directly to you is still through live shows and live performances. That's what I hear. Like merch, all that stuff. It's, it's not about that. It's actually about touring. And that's why bands yeah. are playing a yeah, show. Not just touring, after show. But then you've got your merchandise too, because your merchandise supports <clears> your touring. It's like you got a ton of bands whose music you never even hear on the radio. Right. Uh, Greta Van Fleet. Even though they're doing well on the radio now, you never really heard them on the radio, but they were merchandising the fuck out of their shows. And it's true, like, they make the money that the band actually makes is from the touring and the right. merch, not from their their CD getting played no. on the radio constantly. Right, because if, it, if everything else is going to go, all the, all of your money is going to, if say, say you're a signed band, even yeah. if you're, you know, signed to a, a you know smaller record label or whatever, 
they're going to get everything from you. They're mm. going to take everything related to recording the music, everything related to distributing the music. They're going to take everything. The only thing that artists control today is their live music and their merchandising. And you want to keep that separate from everything else because they're going to try to take everything from you that they possibly can get, Which get again, their hands and all they want to recoup they want to recoup the money that they're investing into their these different projects but your your branding and your merchandising is what you have as an individual group and band yeah. like you want to align yourself with as many brands as you possibly can but everybody wants that same thing so you got to do those things that stand out right you got to you've got to find that little that little special niche that makes your band or or singer songwriter whatever combo you may be people are like oh well that they yeah that's a rock band but they've got some they've got something different about them that makes people absolutely want to come see You've them really got to have a connection with but your audience you know what i do think megan like do you think even though it is hurting him and people do make the money you think there's ever going to be a time where People just don't, they don't even have shows. They just like record in a studio and just do a live, live performance. And I, like, I would hope not because I think that again, there is a connectivity and uh, energy within a live show that people are really missing out on if they don't go experience the sounds, the smells, the vibrations. You don't get that through, yeah, social media. Um, and you don't get the same feeling through a video i mean you can enjoy a video i do i enjoy listening to stuff on spotify I enjoy watching videos but it is not the same experience going to a show as it is just watching it i don't think um, so and 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 i think that if people really do want to support musicians they really should go out and and go to live shows i mean the money you spend is going to be more worth it just, it is worth it. It's right. worth it to go see a band live and experience that feeling than it is to just sit at home. Like when me and Matt went out to see, you know, that band, Alice in Chains, that I'd never seen them live. <clears throat> and even though they had the new singer, it was just like, it was so, I heard their songs a million times, you know, watched music videos a million times, but like, it's not the same. No, even th even though the band was like really far away, you know, and it was like literally they were like <laughs> this big or whatever. It was just like being there with Matt and like having a beer, man, and we're like just you know rocking out, man, and it was just the feeling of I that. I think you people really do now underestimate that energy that you have together. It's to bring people together. And how much, I mean, music is there to bring people together. Bands are there to bring people together. Why not spend your money on being close to humanity and having something in common with people and feeling that energy? Because really it is almost like a spiritual energy when you're in a room with people and y'all are all feeling the same thing to the same music. And, and, and I do think, I think people should, hey, let's get off our phones. Let's get off our computers and let's go enjoy let's go the moment and live music. I guess that's why they're trying to open up a lot of new, like that uh, the Maris Amphitheater because that's relatively new, isn't it? Isn't What's that, that the Maris Amphitheater? Where's that? Ro is it Roswell, Matt? Alpharetta? Isn't it new-ish though? The Maris? Yeah, that's where we went. We went and saw Allison Chains and 
corn and and Alpharetta was it the uh oh man. It used to be called the Verizon Amphitheater. Oh, so they changed the name. They oh, changed the name. Oh, okay. I didn't gotcha. know it was that. Gotcha. Yes, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I wonder it, why they changed the name. Uh, it, they got a different sponsor, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> different sponsor, <laughs> man. Yeah. What the heck is a mayor's then? Yeah. But, <clears throat> yeah, it's just, I guess they're just going to have to combine it. Like, they're going to have to do stuff for people online and still do people live stuff for people who actually want to come out and see the show i mean do you have you do shows all the time james like do you see that happening well, you a lot know, believe it or not dude i have not done a show myself my own that it was all me since 2016 really yeah so um in 2016 my sister passed unexpectedly sorry to hear that right man. in june in july and I actually had a music festival in my hometown in August. Really? Yeah. Oh my. So it was like Dude, devastating, that's rough, man. man. And then so uh Did you go through with it? I still did the show, yeah. It was cool. It it ended up doing, you know, okay. But man, that really threw me for a loop. And then, you know, less than a year later, I got my cancer diagnosis. <laughs> and, you know, I, from May of 2018 until a month ago, I was being treated uh, for cancer. And, you know, you really can't do a whole lot of planning. I mean, this is all I do. <laughs> so, yeah, How long were you, know, you at uh, each? How many chemo treatments did you have? I never had to have a chemo never treatment. Had chemo. I, Thank um, God, dude. Well, OK, let me take a step back. So <clears throat> I went through nuclear therapy, What? which was basically... They designed a pill yeah. to fight my specific types of cancer. Oh, my goodness. But when I would take the pill, I was so radioactive that I couldn't be around people for like five days. What? So I had to be in my basement. You're like yeah. quarantined yeah. off, man. But each time I took the pill, it was like $17,000 just for this pill, bro. Holy. Yes. Criminy. You ever seen a military tackle box? Yeah. So the pill, so they would bring in this military tackle like box. Like they bring in like a nuclear bomb. Right. <laughs> they would open up the tackle box, and inside of the tackle box was this iron tube. Then inside the iron tube was a glass tube with the little two little pills in it. They bring so, it to you like so in a suit? They had, to, they had to clear all of the hallways. No. The nurses would back what? away. I couldn't touch the pills. I had to just take the tube and kind of toss it back and drink a sip of water. And then they would clear all the hallways for all He's the radioactive. to get out. <laughs> and then I would have to leave out. That's insane. You yes. gotta be kidding me, I man. Kid you fucking not. What man. did you do? Did you not how'd you not go stir crazy, I man? I sat in my basement and then you'd have to be in isolation for like five days. So my wife would bring my food downstairs. She like slip it to yeah. you under a little wrist. You just binge on shows. <laughs> I mean, it, it must have been kind of, I guess you could like retrospectively, you know, kind of like just look over and like, like, you know, have some alone time. I mean, obviously too much yeah. alone time is not the best yeah. thing in the world. But Yeah. Well, you know, my office is downstairs. And so I was able to still kind of go in my office and, you know, work on my computer after a couple of days. Right. But yeah, you just sit there and you're watching TV, man. And just Do you sleep a lot. Nah, man, because I ain't a big time sleeper. Yeah, you know you're, what I mean. Yeah, oh, I'm, I trust was, me. I was up, you up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. 
Uh, but it just gives you a chance to think, man. And that's nothing worse than being alone with your thoughts with your in that motherfucker. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, no, yes. I, I know what and, you mean. That's um I mean, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, and did you have any other side effects from it though? Yeah. Uh, my shit don't work. <laughs> from a male perspective, it's, you know, it's a, a guy's big thing, man. Like, you know, I'm not, it's not embarrassing or nothing. Like I have a, look, a little diaper you have to wear. Yeah. I'm about 30 months after my, I'm at 30 months, about 30 days after my surgery. So you have to really, you know, you don't think about your, your, your Johnson being, a, excuse me, man. <laughs> being a, no, no pun take, no pun taken, bro. Being a uh, a muscle, so you have to really retrain yourself yeah. on how to use your shit and how to piss and. It's you like know, you're. I guess you don't have like, like a physical therapy for that. Yeah, I don't think there's a physical well, therapist so, that's going to hold you. Yeah. <laughs> so you do your surgery, and then you've got a uh, 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 catheter. Which is, you know, you got a oh, tube. Do, oh. oh, man. That was the worst part Did of Did you it have all, to, man. like, put it in yourself? No, so I w when you wake up from your surgery, there's no way that you could have one of those inserted as a man while you're awake. No way. It's you would kill somebody. Because it ain't like no little baby tube. It's a tube <laughs> in that motherfucker, man. And so I had that. I had the catheter for 10 days after my surgery. And that's probably the worst absolute worst part of the whole process man because this you know you got a fucking tube in your shit bro it's like oh my god how long and did you have so to have it in there 10 days oh. it's like my granddaughters were like my little nurses downstairs and they had a little countdown chart to me getting my tube out my shit <laughs> Like a little whiteboard. Nine days, Grandpa. Yeah, grandpa <laughs> you feel it? You gonna get your tube out? <laughs> yeah, man. It's good to be able to joke about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, serious, but once man. that was out, then you know, for all guys, you're gonna if you've got prostate cancer, you're gonna go through this process. You know, and I could really teach a damn class on you know the the after effects of dealing with uh, prostate cancer. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to leak. So you have to wear. Things are coming uh, out yeah, when you, you don't want them you to. You got to wear diapers and shit like that. The male products suck. So if you're listening out there, go straight to Always for Women because they're softer. <laughs> they absorb better. <laughs> I <laughs> think that's great advice. I'm not advice. fucking with you, man. I'm serious, bro. Oh, my gosh. I went through so many combinations of pads and, uh, you know, male under you know garments and shit like that my wife was like you should try the female products because female products are always softer yeah you need to like a it's like you need to write a little guide i could man. you know what i mean I'm, like i'm telling you dude I, so you have prostate cancer that's you right. know yeah yeah these are the steps these are the what steps you, you need to follow expect. right yeah so but you know like i said i'm, I'm back almost 100 percent, man i'm probably good 90 percent, man and I got a lot of really cool projects on tap for uh, next year, and I'm looking forward, man, to doing some live shows. Hopefully, I see you guys on stage somewhere soon, man. And that's just what's up, man. I miss y'all prancing on that stage, freshman. I look at, I got a lot. You can't imagine how much video and shit like that I have of y'all, man. I'm yeah. dead serious. I have to really force myself not to uh, post. I could post something from y'all, <laughs> dude. You probably have more video than all of us combined. Day. You know what I mean? I do. And like that folder that I had for you guys, I'm a uh, I'm a paper pack rat, so I keep uh, everything. everything. 
Um, so yeah, when you give that to Fred, he's gonna be like, I cannot believe that. There's shit. gonna be some stuff. If y'all look through the folder, oh, I'm going gonna, to. You'll see all of our old schedules, flyers, you Ooh, know, man. shit like that. The WREK show. Was that was really cool. Drive. Yeah, that Re- was like the the whole show. The whole show is on that flash drive. Wow. Uh, and believe it or not, man, I judged you guys after that show. I judged every single performance of you guys after that show. Because that shit was fucking hilarious. The WREK? Yes. You guys, go back and listen to it, man. I mean, it's on the flash drive. I'm going to have to Go now. back and listen to that WREK show. Because you had to be perfect. You, you, there was no stops, no mistakes. It's and live, you man. straight through. And any performance <laughs> after that is what I judged you guys by. If it was not that, then I was like, man, y'all are fucking bullshit, man. Anybody heard from John, man, at all? Oh, my gosh. There's a whole long story. No, we can't get oh, into that man. here. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. That's a conversation for later. Conversation yeah. for later. Yeah. So, you know, and I think the only thing I didn't like about WRK is I couldn't get up and prance around. Yeah. Because that was like... I that was my thing, but but it came through in the performance. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, okay. You guys were listen to it. I'm serious, man. They when were I, phenomenal. When I leave, musicians, put that damn flash drive in, turn that shit up, <laughs> and just listen to that hour. It was a whole hour. I can't believe hour, that, man. A nonstop, unedited. It was it was phenomenal, man. It was nerve wracking too, man. Because like you said, you couldn't. You're all live radio. You can't just say, oh, I screwed up. Uh, I should hit a wrong note. We got to start over, guys. No, yeah. there's no starting over. Uh, uh, I'm seeing now, though, uh, matter of fact, I think just this week, a new radio station dedicated itself to more doing more uh, local bands. Yeah. You know what I mean? What could, do you know what the... Uh, I'd have to look back on my social media, man, but I'll, I'll, I'll tag in. Yeah, and, let me know. Just Yeah, we don't do a good enough job. Um, in promoting and taking care of our bands in Atlanta, like I, I come across tons and tons of bands. Is it the way you, it, you do? You think the reason is why is because of the way they market themselves, or is it just ah, Atlanta? Man, it's just we are so hip hop oriented in Atlanta that it's it's hard for any other type of music to break through. You know what I mean? I mean, Seven Dust last album was nominated for a fucking Grammy. You wouldn't know they were it from Atlanta. It was a great album, too. Holy crap, a Grammy? Yeah, man, they, they had a nice, their last album, their last tour was phenomenal. Man, that's insane. Yeah, you wouldn't. Even, even the Fozzie guys. Uh, man, did, I think, did Fozzie get nominated for a Grammy? I don't. Man, Fozzie's last album was dope. Their last tour was the shit. Of course, adding uh, Chris Jericho to the group. Uh, changed the dynamics of things, man. But their music was phenomenal. And they're probably getting me to do another world tour now because of the success of their last world tour. So they're doing they pretty good. Everywhere. They went all around the world. Around the world, man. They, so what you're saying is butt, if man. you're wanting to make it in the music business, you better get the out of Georgia. <laughs> nah, nah. No, no, I, I wouldn't say that. Um because we still have all the same really cool venues, Masquerade, Smith's Old Bar. But what about the new Masquerade? Because I haven't been to the, you know. It's isn't, nice. Is it nice? But I've only seen a hip-hop show in there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did love that place. But, it was getting run down a little bit. Yeah, yeah but that was the because you know it was the place. It was in the, the underground place. now. Yeah. Have, you, have you seen any shows in there? Uh, recent shows? Have they redone the whole the whole place? Yeah, it's in it's completely moved. Like I said, it's in the underground Atlanta, whereas it was oh. off of North Avenue. Do you think they have less people come now that it's in underground no, or more people? It still books like a mother. Does it really? What they do with the old building? I wonder. They it's con- it it's condos. Wow. Everything over there now is condo. I loved that building. That you know, was it nice was just place. the bl- yeah. that black building. You knew what it was, and yeah. and yeah. you went in there, and they did. They had awesome music. Yeah. Almost felt somebody almost pushed me down the stairs one time when I was in yeah. heaven. And I think Sweetwater is still doing. But, yeah, they're thing. still doing stuff. You know what I mean? It's not prominent like it was, like you would think. Yeah, they were big. Um, but a lot of the breweries in town. Do a whole lot of rock shows. That's you what know, I've heard. That there are a lot of microbreweries that are doing really cool stuff. That so. Reformation Brewery in Canton, they do a lot of stuff with that David Sudith. Is that his name? That does the Cherokee music. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of shows, but I, they do a lot of singer songwriter stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's like acoustics. Yeah, yeah, it's so much harder to. To full do band. a full band, like she's saying. Yeah, and 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 folks want you to do a lot of covers. Yes. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Which is, which is cool, but man, y'all had the best fucking covers. Dude, how man. many covers oh, do we play, oh man? God. Tuesday's Gone with the Wind. God. <laughs> it was literally like, what we could play up to like, what was it up to? Like four hours? Man. I think there were some shows we yeah, played. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and longer. Keeping in mind, when we went to Tennessee, that was two nights of two sets per night. My God. Because you guys were the only ones performing. So you guys did covers and originals for like two whole nights. That was cool as shit, though. And then the festival itself, which was kind of a flop because nobody was, nobody really came to the festival. But you remember we did those club, that club that night, which was nice, man. Was that that one where we had the. That was uh. That's where we sold all the merchandise. Crawl daddies, right? Crawl daddies. When they yeah. crawl daddies. Crawl daddies. Yeah, because they yeah. we had that uh. What was that thing we ate, Matt? The, oh, the, the gator ga- tail sandwich, man. The gator yeah. tail sandwich. We were like, "What is this? Oh, we gotta try it out, man." I do remember that. I just said that kid was like, "I want that banner, man," and I. You were cracking dead, me up because you were like, this guy won't I leave me alone, dude. Let me just dude. give this dude a damn... You just un- threw out like a random number. <laughs> number that I know he would never fucking pay for a damn poster. There it was. bought that shit. I was like, man, that was it. At that point, I was like, man, oh man, we finna make us some dope. Uh, but, you know, life is what life is. Sometimes things don't go the way uh, we always expect, but just keep playing, man. I'd love to see you guys rock and roll again, though, man. <laughs> we've been we've been messing around. When was the last time you played, Brent? Maybe Me? it'll happen. Oh, well, when you say played, yeah, do you mean like on a stage, or do you just mean play my bass on a stage? Because I know you play your bass oh, on a regular, Lord. right? Uh, God, on a stage, dude. Um, probably twenty masquerade eleven. Wow. No. That was the last time I played on a stage, man. Have you still had like the desire, man, <clears> to like it just? I'm, but you your know, family I, dynamic changed too, man, and so I took longer than everybody apparently. Yeah, how, like, how's the family life treating you, man? Y'all look cool, like you guys dude. are very happy, man. I love. She's it. always been cool as fuck too, man. Man, so I mean, just, back in that day, she was like probably. Was I ride, would say she she's was probably number die, one man. fan, dude. She's ride or die, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she was there every time, and like always hanging out and yeah. like yelling like crazy. Yeah. 
I think yeah. that's why. I and feel- I don't want to go there, but I was sorry to hear about your father, man, because Dude. I know, bruh, he damn loved you so fucking much. <laughs> your man. dad was always there, and he was yeah. always so yeah. supportive. I mean, yeah, after dude. Matt would do a show, his your dad would be like, I'll load this shit up. I know and I'm it. thinking, man, you old, you can't load this shit up. We got to <laughs> load this shit up. But he was like, I'm going to load this shit up because he was just so happy he to was. have seen you on the fucking stage, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, bro. He always told me, like, he loved when I would just run back and forth like a crazy person. Yeah. You know, and like bounce off the walls, <laughs> what man. hair, man? When Dude, you, when... okay. So I, I had my hair grown out, but like I work in a, a shop, right? Yeah. And... It is like 105 degrees in this place, dude. And they put these huge fans in there. Yeah. But it's like, all these fans are doing is moving the hot air around, man. Yeah. It's like you're just blowing hot air on me. Yeah. Like, what is the hair around? Yeah. And like, so I would literally, I'd blow myself off after with like an air hose. Yeah. But I'd be coming home and I'd go to like rub my hand through my hair and I'd pull out a piece of plywood. (laughs) And then I'd be like, Okay, well, if that's in there, there's probably some other stuff in here. <laughs> I yeah. like find chunks of plywood in my hair. Yeah. Or chunks of MDF, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it was just so hot, dude. Like it was it was literally like a dust magnet. I could just nice. go like this and it would just like a it was like somebody popped a uh memories, man, are fucking with me right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm how thinking many- about it like but like a man and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> dude, how many times did we Dude, we, we did, like I said, we played a lot of shows. We spent a lot of, to not just the shows, but you think about, and I, just think about, I would, I was driving, man, at least three times a damn week from Douglasville to out here to fucking Canton, mm-hmm. that motherfucker, yep. man. That shit was, that shit was unbelievable, man. Yeah, because like, you were, you were coming out to pretty much all of our practices and everything. Coming everything. out to practices, Almost, man. Dude. We had a lot of shit. That shit is involved, man. You can't you can't take this industry for granted. And I think that young people today, man, think that, you know, especially my hip hop crowd, man, they're like, you know, I'm gonna damn make me a couple records and life's grand, you know. And They'll it's just not live like off the that, dividends, man. right? It's just you've got to you got to really take this business extremely serious. You got to learn as much as you can. You got to be able to do as much as you can for yourself. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. people, you know, hiring studios and things like that, that stuff is expensive, man. Yeah. Um, you got to hustle, dude. You, sometimes people take advantage of you, too, uh, if listen, you're not listen, educated in listen. it. Listen, and most people are not educated, and, you know, it's a lot of sharks in the water, and oh, they yeah. give a fuck. That they see one little drop of blood, on. dude, and, yep, like you said. Look, we give a – it's not my job to teach you about the industry. If you come to me, you got some money to spend – it's my job to get your money. Yeah. It's it. I mean, that's, you know, that's it. To get... very, it's my job to get your money. It's not my job to teach you about, you know, the industry, you know, yeah. why I'm, why I'm ripping your ass to fuck off. Right. <laughs> why you could be doing what you're paying me to do for yourself. Right. I get a lot of people, man, that come that hit me up, like, you know, on social media and, and all those kinds of things. And they're like, you know, Hey, my son, my granddaughter, my cousin, my nephew, my niece, blah, 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 uh, are interested in the music industry. So I don't mind talking with people any given time. I give out free advice all the time. So if you ask me, you know, about the industry, I don't mind talking about the industry anytime. Yeah. But then, but if you ask me for a recommendation, 
then that changes things because the people that I'm going to recommend you to, I don't want you to go try to fucking nickel and dime their yeah. ass because they do this stuff for a living. They're professionals. Exactly. Right. And you're going to have to pay them their professional rate. Either you pay them or you don't, or you go find somebody, you know, within your means. It's not a negotiation, you know? It is not a negotiation because on the inverse, when they send people to me based on a recommendation, I want to be able to expect that, you know, hey, this this person respects uh, what I'm bringing to the table and they'll pay me kind of, you know, based on that. Um, But, Really, man, my focus has been on our nonprofit organization these last. You do a lot especially of especially man. Since, uh, yeah, especially since I haven't been doing, you know, shows on a regular. It's hard to plan when you're going through cancer treatments because you just <laughs> don't know what the fuck is going to be up next. You're like, I got to eat a nuclear pill. Um, I'll be away right. for about a week and it, then I'm good, and, though. And then I'm good, <laughs> right. And then something else comes up and boom, 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 you know. Uh, but the one constant has been uh, our uh, nonprofit organization, the Music Education Group. And um, yeah, man, that shit's been really cool, bro. We were able to uh, open a really nice technology center. Uh, it's a recording studio, but it's like a recording studio on steroids almost in that we've got multiple workstations in there. Um, I'm a vendor for the city of Atlanta. So we teach their teens about the music industry. So over the course of 10 weeks, they come to our studio and work on a multimedia project while they learn about the business side of the music industry. That's pretty sweet. What are the requirements for the kids? They have to be registered with one of the recreation centers in Atlanta. And what's the And registration ages? is, uh, we, we specifically focus on teens. Okay. So that could be 12 to 19. Okay. Uh, but we're also working to become um, a uh, certified WorkSource Atlanta site. And so WorkSource Atlanta is like the job training arm of yeah. the city. So whether it's carpentry, welding, or the music industry. Right. You know, we're trying to become a certified site to teach people about how you, you know, about different jobs in those industries. It sounds like the, like in high school, you remember how they'd have the job thing? You know what I mean? And they would teach you generalization about different jobs and kind of get you in that mode where like, look, we're preparing you for a future. Right. And that's cool that you guys are doing that, man, because right. that's definitely an alternative. Yeah. Like, and and we, need to, we, that... need to, we need to push a lot of this stuff down into our high schools. Oh, yeah. So, like, we know that Pro Tools is the industry standard recording product, right? right? Or yeah. software. If a kid is taking music technology in high school, why shouldn't they be able to get a Pro Tools certification while they're still in high school? So once they've graduated, now they're immediately employable as opposed to having to go to some college and spend and take on all this debt. Amen. You know, full sale costs $100,000 to go. It's the leading music production school in the United States. Right. But kids go there and they walk out of there with $100,000 worth of debt, man. Who the fucking damn, I mean, you graduate and you got $100,000 worth of debt. Yeah, and you're top. just 18, 19 years old. Right. And and they don't have job placement programs and things like that. SAE Institute in Atlanta, which I really love, but the, the main jobs that they place for, I think they probably cost about $15,000. But they place you in churches. 
And so you're running the board for churches and things like that. And that's cool, but who goes to a production school to work for, you know, a church, so to speak? And so we got to figure out how we can transfer a lot of these skills um, and let our kids get them while they're still in high school. I agree. And that would make our high schools a lot more attractive to kids who generally would not finish. Well, and I think, too, if you give them those options, because if you're just saying, well, you can grow up to be a teacher, you can grow up to be a doctor, you can grow up to be a lawyer, but then you're showing them, well, here's a creative outlet. Right. You can be, we can help you get into this industry, uh, this technology, and maybe um, this music engineering or um, this other stuff that we're teaching. Maybe you could use it right. in a different technical technology area. Yep. Yep, yep, I mean, yep. it, and you could spread that out and just to give give kids a feeling of what the world is like, because like, that's what I talked to Matt about earlier, that when you're in high school, that you don't feel like you have a whole lot of options like that. You don't know that there are these other awesome jobs out there that you could train to do. And like you said, I think, you know, there needs to be. Uh, more competition or more options in education to bring education cheaper and to people who n normally wouldn't be able to afford right. it. These kids need to be able to be ready for work right. and graduate from freaking high school. That's right. They do, man. Independent of having to go. Like if you take carpentry or welding or something like that in high school, you're employable when you graduate because mm -hmm. you can get these different certifications. Right. We need that in music and film and digital media. Especially you need to be that ready right out of the gate. It's growing right in Atlanta, though. Gate. I mean, we've got right. movies and stuff being produced here. Why would we not train our children exactly. to work in? That's a huge industry for Georgia right now. So why would we not train our kids to go into that industry and make a decent wage and a lot for themselves? Yeah. A lot of stuff, for example, films in Canton. On any given day, you can go down the street in Canton and see movie trucks and all of that shit, right? I know the Ozarks, the Ozarks. like on right. Netflix, remember? Yes. I, I drive through that uh, Altoona Lake every day, but man. how many kids and adults and residents actually are working on these projects? A Whereas of, if we could train them while they're in high school or even at the community college level where it takes a year certification program, then, and then they can go to work on these projects right away. Yeah, because you know a lot I mean? of these people are coming from out of town to work yes. on these projects. So if we can train them here, we keep a lot more money in Georgia. That continues to be our biggest challenge because they still import a lot of the talent for these projects. That's what, yeah, like there, it's not a lot of local people working on the projects. But there are a lot of talented people here. Yeah. Or people who want to learn if yeah. we make it easier for them to go get, because a lot of this shit is certification programs. It's not like, so... My daughter uh, got a marketing degree from college, right? Yeah. We tried to get her, uh, uh, she took a weekend course on film accounting. So we know that uh, when films come, they have to hire an accountant. That person is responsible for like, you know, making sure all the money for that project works. And she took a weekend course, even though her ass didn't damn finish the damn do the final <laughs> shit. <laughs> didn't take the final test is a weekend course that was like 400 500 bucks and a lot of that stuff is just like that we got to make sure that the public and that our young people are aware um, of those different opportunities you know but on the music side of things man motherfuckers just got to keep writing better songs our music industry you can't just 
people want to get in the music industry because they think that shit is easy. It is not easy to write a a best-selling song. My pregnant wife is calling me, so I'll be right back. All right. Are you going to pause it or do you want to... You're just going to keep rolling and cut it? I mean, we can keep talking because I think that's interesting. I mean, I'm... um, Yeah. You know, one of my favorite pictures ever that I I look at all the time is when we were at the... uh, where did they film the uh, Georgia Lottery thing? It was the Variety Playhouse at that time, right there on the corner, right? So there's a picture of you and my wife sitting in the audience together. Yep. Man, that is such a nice picture. I look at I it. I love that. Yeah. And it had snowed. Remember, I thought we were going to have a hard time getting down there because it had snowed. And I had just found out I was pregnant with Marley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice, like nice, like nice. right the day before that yeah so yeah. i always think about that too and now you know i don't i i'm i'm with you like i wasn't ever like a huge fan of rusted soul like personally because that wasn't my taste in music yeah but i did respect the spirit and the the talent that they had and the energy that they put into it and it was um it was heartbreaking for me to see it end yeah because i did and and i knew that those uh, everybody if if we could have if some people just could have got it together you know and and that's the thing is like as an adult how do we stay motivated how do we keep it together how do we stay focused on that end result it's hard man because you know look how long those you guys were playing together before i came on the scene oh yeah for real you know what i mean six or seven years yeah Maybe longer. And then, you know, you start getting hot. You start to, I mean, it's not just Rusty Soul, but it's every band in America that's been playing together for such a long time. Eventually, you know, if things don't pop off the way you want them to pop off, you know, things change. And, you know, life happens. People have mm-hmm. kids. People have responsibilities. You know, you got mortgages. Your kids like eating. They like air conditioning and spoiled <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> well, I mean, that, I think that's the big thing for me. Like, how do we, how do professional people who want to get into that juggle that, first of all, and keep your ego in check? Because I'm sure you know that you come across people with these huge egos that they can't separate themselves from. Yeah. Like, and that's what I'm saying. So we have to juggle all of those responsibilities. But we also have to it separate ourselves from was ego. Very challenging, but it was it was fun um, because everybody's an individual. I mean, you know, everybody knew how much money they had to spend every day. Now, if you spend your money on Jaeger and cigarettes, and it's time to eat, and that's what usually happens. <laughs> you know what I mean. Not just, you know, it's just every band. It's very, very tough. And people have to be able to swallow their egos, put all the other stuff aside and figure out what's the most important piece of the journey. I agree. I mean, the priorities, it's putting those priorities in order. And I always told Matt, I said, if you're ever in another band, you need to call it egos and assholes because that's (laughs) most musicians. (laughs) Matt Matt was always the voice of reason. He is. Oh, yeah. He, he you is. Were, dude, you were always the voice of reason, man. When Matt was like, okay, I can't do it no more, then I knew that was yeah. You knew that was it. Yes. When <laughs> Matt said, that's that, then I was like, yeah, that's, that's, well, that's, that's that. that. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about Matt. He's all, he's, 
And you, like your the family, y'all's family was young. Y'all yeah. had babies and stuff. How's your mom in there, man? Well, they're good, man. They're, they're real good. The they're over place, in the same place, man. Chilling. Yeah, we just left them there. We took the kids over there, so they didn't come down here while we were doing this. So. Yeah. How long y'all been over here? Seven years. 2012. 2012. You still don't staples, do you? No. Mm-hmm. I left, went to Sprint for a while, and then... I just got out of retail, man. I start. I'm trying to do my own thing. I'm I'm opening up a um online t-shirt store, trying to get it launched by the first of the month. And um, let me know, man. I need some t-shirts right do now, dog. Doing this stuff, and I need some so. shirts right now, man. You have to you have to have um multiple streams of income these yeah. days. You know, um, I'm fortunate that I get to talk to just thousands and thousands of kids and adults and you know people about the music industry on a regular basis and there's there's really no one magic bullet so to speak if you're fortunate enough to have just one thing that you're doing in this industry that's paying all your bills you are lucky as shit that's like um it's the hierarchy you know of things that's how it's like the one percent of people always make it to the top they don't stay at the top it Ah. cycles out so you do have to have different things that you use to sustain whatever lifestyle you want. Yes. Um, but I think it's so great that you do work with so many kids and, and that, that I, I wish more people viewed that as this is our future and this is the future of our, not only our state, but our United States. Yeah. But, but so if you think about it, my partners and I, we try to uh, identify and work on those projects all the time. That add value to people's lives. See, you're adding value. And I think that's what we really want to do here. Right. Try to add value to people's lives and give them some positivity and some connection. Right. Because I think sometimes we're really missing well, that I, connection. Well, let me just let me take a step back and say how much I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be y'all's first guest, man. Appreciate hey, that. Thank you, man. Actually, I you're, you're, actually uh, you're the second guest. I'm second. Last week, you were going to be the first, but our stuff happened. Sorry about right, that, man. Nice, so we nice, actually, we actually, hey, we actually, I'm cool being number two, man. we actually had that's another great, dude on, great. another dude on last night. Nice. So we're doing two in a row, and dude, I was all right, I was up all, all right. night trying to edit. So yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> well, you know us. what? I, I appreciate the opportunity, man. You guys know that I am here for y'all uh, anytime you need me, man. This is just really cool. Um, our our conversation that we had when I first walked in, man, really was about we don't do enough to service bands no. in Georgia. I mean, there's there's every opportunity if you're a hip hopper. Every opportunity. But like, so we got the Revolt Music Conference coming up, which is uh, Puffy's event. We got the A3C Festival coming up. Um, we got Afropunk coming up. And all of these uh, events are not only performance opportunities, but they bring in tons of music industry professionals to talk with people about, you know, just how you make it in this industry, so to speak. Not shit for bands. And I know we've got just as many bands still to this day uh, in Atlanta as we've always had, but there's just not a whole lot of opportunities for them to be able to network with other bands, for them to be able to meet with industry professionals and shit like that so that they can get a better understanding of how to navigate their band through the industry. But I know for a fact there's still tons of bands out there, man, that are coming from Atlanta and trying to make it. So I hope that with your podcast, um, we can begin to shed a light on those bands 
give them an opportunity to come on here, play some of their music and really talk with their potential fans um, about, you know, what the future is going to be like for them. Yeah. I mean, I I think everybody um, in Atlanta probably would like that a more equal footing to get started. Like if your music sucks, it sucks, but if it's good, you know, we'll give you a chance to, to put it out there and find your fans. I mean, there isn't, there's an audience for pretty much <laughs> everything, almost. That's yeah. true. I mean, I mean, we were talking about what hip hop and what was the trailer trap, yeah, uh, the trailer trap, trap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so or baby shark. There's a baby shark. Do 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 do. How many I don't, hits do your grandkids like that one? <laughs> yeah, it's this. Uh, the industry today is song driven. You know, we used to strive to make albums, but now if you're fortunate enough to get a single, that single has to be so good and sell so well that record labels are willing to give you a shot now mm-hmm. at, at a whole, you know, project. Well, I think um, that kind of makes sense because if you think about it, most people are going on Spotify or Tidal and making a playlist and right. their playlist isn't exactly. the whole album. It's that one it's favorite one song. Yeah. Or two favorite songs, you know, and like even for myself, like I said, I have a playlist on Spotify and there are some artists that are on there several times, but usually you got that one song that you like from that one artist, you know, yeah. and who, who are you guys digging right now, man? Who y'all listening to? Oh, Lord. Who are All right, you, you go first. Um, Killswitch Engage. The new album is out. New Tool album. I really haven't listened to the whole thing of that yet. I heard yeah, the new yeah. Tool album was fire. Yeah, I need I to. I need. I need to go really back and listen. Nice. To it. it just came out yesterday, so I need to go back and listen to the whole thing. I've heard two songs off of it so far. I heard a lot of cool stuff yeah. about their new album, and their new tour is supposed to be the shit. Too. Oh, I'm sure it is. You've sure. been waiting you forever. You went to see Tool not too 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 long ago, right? I haven't seen them ever. Ever. I want to though, man. I want to go see them. I could have sworn me and Dude, you had a conversation about you going to see Tool. I wanted man. to go see, but it's like when you try to get Did you a have ticket, a Tool t-shirt? I may have. I know. No, this is what happened. Matt introduced me to Tool when yeah. we were still all together. Yeah. And I was like, I was ne- I've never heard of these guys before. And he introduced me. It was when that 10,000 Days album came out. Uh-huh. And I never heard of them before. And then I started getting into it. It's like a whole culture, dude. Yeah. The way they are. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you, man. Um, I can't believe I'm about to say this on air. <laughs> but I'm kind of digging uh, uh, Macklemore. Oh. And uh, Taylor Swift a little bit. Oh, I knew you were going to do it. You went there. I did. I did. I don't know why, man. I don't. Taylor Swift. He's going yeah. soft. Listen, something. Hey, hey. what, what happened to Fresh, man? Something's happened to me, okay? I don't know why. You've been domesticated, I... man. <laughs> you going to make a quiche when you go home tonight and shit? <laughs> but listen, all right? I still love, like, Pink Floyd and Tool and, you know, other rock bands, man. It's yeah. just this. Listen, man. I. I'm getting older, yeah. okay? And yeah. I realize that things are happening to my body yeah. that I'm like, I don't, what do you What do you want to say? I was going to say that's no excuse for Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, Taylor Swift, man. That's... Hey, listen, <laughs> you know how much, I'm about, I'm about to drop some knowledge on you. <laughs> do you realize how many, how much money she's making? I don't making? care how much money she makes. Well, so, she, so okay, so what do you think about Scooter Braun coming in and buying out her fucking catalog? 
Well, I mean, Michael Jackson everything. did the same thing, didn't he, with the Beatles? With the Beatles. Yeah. So he's buying the masters the kind of thing? Yeah. Is that what so it? he bought her record label. And purchasing her record label gave him the rights to all of her originals. So it's my understanding that now she's going to go back and re-record all of her originals with really slight deviations in them so that she can control all of those masters. Wow. But Scooter Braun really slipped in there and slid it in her, bro. That's crazy as shit. How did that how happen? Be, it shouldn't be even legal, man, but it is what it is, bro. I mean... It's because... Her, wait, wait a minute. Who is she? Who is she on a label? She with? was with a uh, big. Uh, you remember? Oh, you know what? Let's, Here, let's, let's, let's look it up. up Google, yeah. baby. It, it, it's, I should know that right off the tip, man. It's big something. Taylor Swift record label. Big machine. There you go. Yeah. Big Machine and Scooter Braun bought Big Machine. Dude, when I first met Scooter Braun, he was a club promoter. Wow. Wow. Yeah. He was just how doing regular he... fucking shows. How did he go from that to fucking Puffy? Let Puff... him do shows for him. Puff Daddy. He interned for Puff Daddy. And then he was able to connect with Usher. Wait, is it Puffy or P. Diddy or uh, what is it he now? He wants to call himself, bro. He's got money to call himself whatever. But he once he hooked up with J- once once he started managing Justin Bieber, it was over. Oh yeah, real. Oh yeah, dude. Justin. He was. Yeah. Wait, is he still doing anything? Yes, I know. Isn't he really close with Post Malone? I'm, I'm not sure. I think they're not friends. I'm not sure. But crazy thing though, um, uh, I met Post Malone's um, front of house engineer. Yeah. A couple of months back, man, this dude is so fuck. His name is Willie Linton. Shout out to Willie Linton wherever you at, bro. I know you all over the world right now, man. Keep posting that dope shit, brother. I love you, man. Um, but man, this dude. Man, Post, amazing. Post huh? Malone is that motherfucker, man. Yeah, he's he's big right now. I I honestly didn't think someone with face tattoos could get that big, dude. <laughs> dude, but he is. He came in on the hip hop side of things, right? But he was so much bigger than just a hip hop artist, right? He could sing. He plays guitar. He's an instrumentalist, and his music is really multicultural. It's like, really weird. You look like it. It sucks because people, the judging the book by its cover thing, right? Yeah. And you're looking and you're I, like, and I did that same thing, Matt. I was like, because see? because once he got really popular, he was like, I'm not a hip hop artist. Don't call me a hip hop artist. I'm like, man, fuck you. You use hip hop music <laughs> to get fucking popular, and now you're trying to say you're not no hip hop artist. Then I started watching his shows. I started listening to his music, and I'm like, "Fuck me, you're not a hip hop artist." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it, it's you. It's hard because you see so much stuff like that, and it's hard not to just be like, "All right, well, you have to put in that time." Like you're talking about, listen and watch, and then you realize, okay, well, you're not full of shit. You're not a, you know, you're not, yeah. you're not just yeah. a, you know, straight up hip hop artist. It's challenging, man, today, dude. I, we. Uh, between 2002 and 2016, we put about 6,000 bands on stages between Canada and Florida. Wow. Damn, you went all the way up to Canada? 
between Canada and fucking Florida. Because you, you remember my band, Grown Up Avenger stuff. Yeah. You guys played a couple of shows. They had the female singer named Deirdre. Magnificent voice. She's actually moving to England now, man. Really? Yeah. Can Due to band it? stuff or like family or what? I have no idea. I just follow her on social media now because I haven't English. been to there, but she's moving to England. But she hasn't been their lead singer in a couple of years now. They're three band, three, they're, they're three member band now. Right. It's just, remember, it was John and his two sons. Yep. And Deirdre. Right. Um, but they're still playing. And uh, they did a lot of shows for us up in Canada, man. They they really smashed up in Canada for us. What Have do you, you think it is about people in Canada that enjoy? The Canadian music scene is phenomenal. Really? And their government supports their music scene. Is that wow. what it is? Right. So we put together, um, in, in 2015, I met this guy named Brian Ho. You yeah. guys probably met Brian too. This bald head white guy, but he was from Canada. He had a company called IDVIP Team. And we put together a musicians exchange program where we were sending bands from the United States to Canada yeah. to perform. And they were sending their bands from Canada down to a, to the United States to do shows. That's pretty sweet. That sounds like fun. Right. Yeah. But the difference is they had money. Their Canadian government provides a lot of their bands with money to do shows. Really? And our government is like, fuck you. Nah, you do yeah. it on your own. They're like, you wait, what? You give you no fucking band? Are you crazy? Give you Get money? A job, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you better work a main job and then yeah. do that like we did, yeah. you know? Well, it, yes. is, um, it is hard to stifle that music it's, creativity when, I know for Matt, I mean, he did try to press it down for a while, but it really came back full force. And I think if you're really a creative, yeah. when you push it down and you push it down, it's going to come back. It's going to keep coming back. How long did back. it take you to get back to playing, man, after Rusty Soul? Because you was Ooh. like, man, when you was when you was done, I was like, yeah, this shit is really fucking over right Dude, now. After Rusty Soul, I picked up my guitar maybe three times in a course of six years. Wow. Yeah, but and then what? What was it that made you decide to play that show for five more days? I don't remember. I don't remember. I was just <laughs> for some reason I just had to do it. Yeah, and I told. Did you lose your love of music? Did you lose your spirit for wanting to perform for a while? I, mean, I was like, I had plans of never playing again. I think it was kind of a combination of that, and like it got to the point to where we, I, for me personally, it was just like. I was starting to get serious with Allison and stuff, and yeah. I'm and I it's felt like you know what I just don't need this drama and stuff and and like dude I mean we would work forty hours a week, you know all of us really yeah and then we would go play what like three shows a week yeah yeah for a while there we were playing at least two, two to three shows, shows a man. week yeah and yeah. some of them were like way out somewhere and it was like awesome but it was just getting and it was late night and yeah dude and we well, get back home well what two three sometimes yeah. in the morning well yeah. i felt i felt like i could support matt in that as long as he believed in it because right. i trusted matt and he was i knew all he was doing was going and playing music and hanging out with you guys so that never bothered me yeah you know, that wasn't the part that bothered me. More of it was, the uh, like Matt was saying, the You other never people. worried about the girls. Matt had all the... No. He had all the ladies. <laughs> Matt had them all. I heard it was the... Uh, I heard yeah. it was more the drummer and the bassist. No. So. no. Matt had them all. Oh, he sorry, had them all. I'm sorry. The girls. 
I, hey, I'm still not worried. Y'all yeah. take him if you want him. <laughs> I don't think yeah. we. I don't Matt, think Matt was always the voice. No matter what happened, Matt was the voice of reason. Yeah, yeah, and always. that's why. No matter what argument, no matter what, whatever, Matt was the voice of reason. And when Matt finally said, "Yeah, man, I can't do this no more," yeah. then I, I really knew at that point, yeah, it's a wrap. I'll never forget the call that I got. I was on vacation in South Carolina mm. and he called me up and told me that he was, I just can't do it anymore. And I was just like, Oh my God, I'm on vacation, man. Just, can you just give me like, give me like two days, man. And I'll come back and we'll yeah. talk about yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That, that was it. I, I mean, mean it's, it. I it's felt, a wrap. I still feel like, I mean, and they, they've been playing, they have done some cover stuff and they have written a little bit and he still has it. And yeah, I don't, like yeah. I said, it doesn't go anywhere. I think you can try to suppress it. Yeah. But it's going to keep. Once you, once you're a creative, you're always a creative. Yeah. Like I, I tell kids all the time, you're the only competition you have is everyone who's ever written a song. That's right. Because everyone who has ever written a song successful or not, is still trying to write their next best song. Being creative, yep. Yes. And so that's just one thing. Think about that. Right. Man. And that's one thing, like, speaking of that, like you said, you're always creative. It was weird because when I came back and me and Matt did start writing these songs, like he wrote these songs, it was literally like, you know, some bands, they take days and days to write a song right yeah yeah but matt had a guitar riff and i wrote a bass riff to it in like 15 minutes yeah right at the dining room table right at the dining room nice, table man when y'all gonna play me some new shit man what's up yeah. i can uh, let you hear some in a little bit uh, just a couple things that yeah. we've written me, right. me and fred sat down and wrote a whole song in three hours whole nice. song front to back nice same, what... same as always man nothing's nice, man. changed nothing changed so yeah man like next year uh, you know, I got some really cool projects that I'm working on, man. And so we got to let's let's get some shit together, man. And let's, you know, let's let's see what kind of projects are you working on. on. Do you want to talk about some um, of the stuff you got coming, man? Let us. I, I can't too oh. too too much. I got you. Um, it's still in the works. Still but, in. But yeah, just know that yeah, you, know, you know, you guys are always gonna be in the forefront of my thought process. And but so you'll come back. We do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, definitely. Sure, when we get the uh, the other podcast, we're gonna do eventually. Probably hoping to start. What well, we thinking? Maybe launching first of the year, kind of thing. After we scout some bands yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So it'll be me, Matt, and Fred. We're gonna call it. That's my band. Oh, cool. So. And we were kind of honestly, we wanted to kind of involve you in it too. Oh yeah, like, man. That's the as we far can do, bro. you know, a reference like be like, hey man, do you know yeah, who's of somebody... any bands like who's playing around? And yeah, we're gonna take your word for it because we know you, man. And so one of the things that we've been kind of really focusing in on, man, is opening um, these creative spaces in cities. So I'm a vendor uh, for the city of Atlanta, in that um, I. <laughs> build rec I build studios in their recreation centers. Not no little pieces of shit, man. We've got some really nice high end gear spaces. And stuff, right? And my teens, man, are phenomenal. Like I've got a kid who just turned 12. 12 who runs my studio. What? A 12 year old? <laughs> he runs, you know, Pro Tools. He plays live instruments. 
He will come in at 10 o'clock in the morning. He will set the studio up and he will run sessions all day for adults. What? He, he the... won't call me or nothing. That motherfucking kid is the shit. Uh, He'll run a session. You guys got to come down, man. Whenever y'all ready, you got an open invitation to come down. Let my let my young people record. I you think guys. we That's need awesome. to do we that. Got everything oh, in man. there that you need, man. It's not Dude. no bull. It isn't a massive space, right? <clears throat> yeah. So one of the things that we're trying to do is help uh, municipalities and cities understand how uh, to use music, film, and digital media as the low-hanging fruit to get their kids off the street. Oh, yeah. Like, I could give a fuck if a kid records another hip-hop song. Right. That's the last thing I would need to see is another rapper, right? But what I do want them to do when they come into my studio is learn how to edit music, edit film projects, write screenplays, learn how to write code, uh, and really learn the basic skills that it takes for a person to be successful, no matter what it is they want to do. You That's know, right. whether it's Word, Excel, PowerPoint, you know what I mean? All of those little it's, skills. It's an man, avenue, that, man. Yes, exactly. And so we've got this one space open. We, we just had our first year anniversary. Um, we expect to open two more next year. Um, with just the goal of being able to create a clean, safe space for kids to create. So our, historically, we would uh, have our volunteers come to wherever we're doing a program, bring their recording equipment, and set it up. Uh, we were able to convince the city of Atlanta to give us space in their rec centers to build these studios. And now you don't have to have people to come down. You've got a, a fully integrated space with, for your kids to learn right. dope shit on. See, I, you know, I do a little bit of photography. I would like to do, because we're going to put up a blog with this. Mm -hmm. I'd like to come down with my camera and take some documentary pictures. I can do you even one better. Uh -oh. We've got cameras. Do you? I've got green screen, white screen, black screen. You name it. You come down, be our guest. We would love. I just want to do um, the documentary side of it. I nice. want to document. Nice. That's what I do. Documentary family photography right now. Yeah. But I yeah. would love to document that because I've never heard anybody tell that story. Yeah. So where we're located, the first studio is in Mechanicsville, which is kind of about a mile or two, uh, about a mile from the uh, the new dome, the new stadium, yep. right? Yeah, the Mercedes Benz Stadium. Right. right? But uh, Mechanicsville is four percent of metro atlanta population but 32 percent of the gun violence wow what? oh man oh hell yeah dude Holy about, a, about a month and a half ago in the middle of the day uh i came out of the studio mm. walking towards my car and man gunshots just was like bah, 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 everywhere this is what this is we have a swimming pool at, at our rec center right yeah I look up at the swimming pool, man. The counselors are throwing the kids back in the damn water. The bullets are bouncing off the gates of what? the fucking pool. I'm ducking, trying to figure out where the shots are coming. Where am I going to run this Lord. way? Am I going to run that way? You know what I mean? Um, so it, it's it's an interesting place <laughs> wow. to say the damn leak. God almighty, man. Um, so we got a lot of cool initiatives that we're working on, man, to try to help stem 
of the gun violence in that community. You know, we had Meek Mill come through earlier in the year. Right. Uh, that was really cool. We've had tons of Grammy-winning producers and engineers and just you name it to come through and, you know, work with our kids on different projects. See, that's what's cool is you get people that they look up to. Right. And that you say that you can do this, man. Like, I was just like you when I was a kid. Like, don't don't turn to what you're... You right. know, violence and gangs and stuff like that. Like, right. you can do this and make a living for yourself and your family right? and have a great life. And you don't have to be the person on the stage because, you know, you, kids right. want to be on the stage. I'm like, listen, I know more people uh, who have made a living for themselves and their families behind the scenes than up on the stage. And that mm-hmm. you know that's I mean? not trivial either. And it has plenty of purpose. And I think that's... You don't have to be the person on the stage to have purpose and to not be trivial. Everything we do, uh, even as individuals, has a bigger effect in our communities, even like what you're saying. So, definitely. You know how many people, yeah, speaking of that, you know how many people it takes to put on a show like that? A lot. Yeah. There's a guy on the stage, a few people on stage, but there's 10 times as many people off the stage making sure everything's running yeah, smoothly. Lights, rigging. Right. You know, audio engineers. Hands, audio engineers. Like roadies. the guy told you that uh, does uh, uh, front of house for Willie. Post Malone. Yeah. This dude travels the whole world doing, you know, just doing the front of the house stuff. There's a lot involved in it. Don't get me wrong. You know, some of these stage shows can be extremely elaborate. Oh, yeah, man. Um, but to be able to do something like that, and I look at his posts all the time, I'd be like, man, this motherfucker. They are every damn killer out there. Everywhere. Post Malone's tour is just huge. You know, it's huge, you know. But who would think of that, you know, when you're a young kid in high school, like I want to get in the music industry, right? That's all they see. All you see is the person in the front, but that person in the front, it took all those people behind them to put them there. Right. And like I said, that's not trivial. That's huge. I mean, you have to be responsible and you have to be really good at your job so that they look good. And if they look good, you look look good. good. And you can enjoy that and revel in revel in your work. Yeah. It's very true, man. Yeah. I'm it, it it just it puts a smile on my face to know that you're, because you've just always been a good dude. You know what I mean? Hey, man. I'm an honest, I, I try to be an honest, <laughs> straightforward broker with people, man. You are. You the thing is, I mean? you are. You're straight up with people. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is you do stuff out of the goodness of your heart. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? We, we try, man. Like, you to, still to try to make money. People has to make a living. People have to make a living. But you... You you go out of your way to do yeah. stuff like this. And when when I first started doing shows, we were raping the fuck out of people because we were doing pay to play like you wouldn't fucking believe. Oh yeah, I oh, remember yeah. doing some shows Man, like that. Motherfuckers will pay to play, bro. But oh, especially yeah. you think we started in two thousand and two, right? So we were charging people three hundred, four hundred bucks to perform at our festivals, and you figure we got a hundred people performing at these festivals. All of them paying at least three hundred dollars to get on the damn stage. Yeah, because you're gonna they're gonna be selling man, tickets for ten, fifteen, made, twenty bucks a piece. A fuck if they were selling tickets, Matt. Just just pay, pay me, just paying pay to play, just pay me. You get on this stage because I'm bringing this person in, or I'm bringing that person in, or blah you blah blah. You entice them, and we're selling a dream. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we continue to do. When I say we, I mean 
um, just the industry itself, right? We sell that damn dream to motherfuckers, man. Mm -hmm. The dream of, I'm going to make all of your music industry dreams come true. You're going to be famous. You have all the hoes. You're going to have some chains. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to have a Maserati. Man, that shit don't come true. It's like, there's a, me and Matt were looking at something. I don't remember what it was, but it's like, you can get on a show on a bill with like a big type band. Yeah, and buy onto it. And show. buy onto it for of like course. 15 grand. Yep. And it's like. Pay to play, man. Yeah. And it's like, dude, that's a. So maybe around 2000 and uh, right, probably right around the time that I met you guys. Um, I, we, I started becoming more attached to the, a lot of the bands that were doing my shows yeah. because I wanted to work with them. Like it was you guys. It was a, it was a grown up Avenger stuff. I don't know if you remember the band Jay and the nines. Uh, Jay was a female. She fronted the band, but she played the flute. Really? Yeah, but it was a rock band. Uh, <laughs> there's a band here called Revel and Romance. It was Quench. Um, it was just a couple, you know, it was a bunch of really good bands at the time. It was, um, gosh, who else? Quench, um, gosh, what's those kids' name? Uh, robot, uh, Kick the Robot. Yeah. Just amazing bands. And the more I got involved with them personally, the more I started understanding uh, how bands hated pay to play. Oh, they yeah. do. But when I eliminated pay to play, that also took away a lot of revenue. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but we believed so much in not taxing bands that we completely changed our model. And while it hurt us financially in the long term, it made more bands want to fuck with us. Because they knew that, A, we believed in them, and B, we weren't trying to just take all the money that we could get from it. Yes. Right. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's been interesting, man. Say the least. I'm looking forward to uh, growing. Um, anything I can do, you know, to help you guys out, man. Y'all, let's let's reach out. Let's not be strangers. No, for real. Yeah, let's let's connect, man, and we see what to. we can do, bro. It's been too long. We we really appreciate you coming on here, being, yeah. being a. Yeah, you have dope, no man. idea. I, I, I got to get a con. Uh, I got to get a copy of this convo. Absolutely, All right, come absolutely, out, brother. Man. I got you. Yeah, yeah. You'll be um, one of the first people to get it. I appreciate it, man. So yeah, we're doing cool stuff next year. Uh, I'll be in touch with y'all, man, and uh, yeah, we're gonna be firing those stages back up across the country. Um, so. Yeah, Sounds let's good. get it, man. Let's create some cool shit, y'all. Let's do it, man. Yeah, man. I, I think yeah, that's a great point to end on, brother. Yeah, I appreciate y'all. Yeah, dude, appreciate you, you. again, yeah. James Caldwell, man, coming hey. in and laying it down for us. We love you, dude. Nice. We're so glad to that's have nice. you again, nice. man. Thanks, bro. Uh, I'm gonna throw out another inspirational quote for all you people out there. Okay, so just think about this: the crazy people who do crazy stuff that are trying to be successful are usually the ones who do become successful. So don't be afraid to be crazy and do crazy stuff. Yeah. We're this all is, crazy. Yep. This is Help I Need an Adult, and have a great day. Thank you. Thanks. Good shit, man.